Hi, welcome to Table Read, the show where I, Aloni, armed with the power of pure cringe, painstakingly craft stories for a vast, indifferent, and judgmental internet. Look away now before you die of secondhand embarrassment. This week, I read my own Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You have been warned. cloudy day in the ocean, we hear three children singing. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, plunder, we rifle and loot, stand up, me hearties, yo-ho. A boy dressed in a Jack Sparrow costume jumps down and swings a wooden sword. Another boy in a Barbosa costume with a massive feathered hat blocks the sword. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot. The two boys fight. Stand up, me hearties, yo-ho. Standing above them on the side of the ship is a young girl with red hair, dressed in pirate garb. We're rascals and scoundrels, we're villains and knaves. She jumps down, swinging another wooden sword straight at the kid dressed as Barbosa. Stand up, me hearties, yo-ho. The two pirate kids turn and fight against their newfound enemy with overwhelming force. We're devils in black sheep. We're really bad eggs. Stand up, me hearties, yo-ho. The girl dodges out of the way and hits a rope next to them, breaking it. We're beggars and blighters and ne'er-do-well cads. Stand up, me hearties, yo-ho. The sail falls on top of them. Standing triumphant is the girl, sword in hand, a shadowy figure behind her. The pirate speaks. But we're loved by our moms and dads. The girl screams and runs back to the boys. An ominous-looking pirate, much, much taller than them, walks over, with a full beard and a real sword. Stand up, me hearties, yo-ho. He pulls out his sword. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. What are you doing on my ship? The two boys get out from under the sail, the older one protecting the younger one in the hat, the girl standing between them and this pirate. We're pirates, says the younger boy. Are you now? If you're such a pirate, why don't you hoist that sail? The two boys shrug, not knowing how to actually be pirates. The girl picks up the sail, ties a rope around the loop, and starts to hoist it up. Impressive. What's your name, kid? The girl smiles, and the title smashes in. Anne Red, Pirates of the Caribbean. The title cuts out, as we hear a woman scream. Annie Redford Mason! What are you doing? A woman with the same red hair, dressed in a barmaid outfit, complete with corset, steps onto the deck. I told you not to hang out with the Briar Boys. She walks past the pirate and up to her daughter, grabbing her by the ear. Um, um. 
I'm so sorry, Marin. My daughter's friends are complete idiots. The captain takes off his hat, revealing another set of the same red hair. If it was anyone else, he turns to the boys. I'd gut them like a fish. Get off my ship now, Miss Mason. Yes, ma- Master Marin. She pulls her daughter off the ship and yells, Frederick! Charlie! Get over here, now! The three of them walk onto the dock. Just who do you think you are? I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. I'm Commodore Barbosa. No, you're idiot kids who shouldn't be around my daughter. What about you, Annie? What are you supposed to be? Elizabeth Swan, the Pirate King? Ridiculous. A Lady King? Where did you learn something like that? I read it. Anne's mother looks down at her. You can't keep doing this. Women, ladies, we aren't supposed to do this kind of thing. But you taught me how to sword fight. Yes, but in private. You can't let them see you. Like, like this. A woman is strong, but she never shows her true colors. We aren't supposed to roughhouse or scream about being a pirate or know how to sail. We're supposed to always look our best and be dignified. I don't want to be dignified. I don't want to wear a corset. I want to sail. I want to be free. Boys, go home. The two boys leave. Let me show you something. The mother and daughter walk into a busy restaurant, down a hall, and into a room in the back. I've got something for you, but you have to promise to not do this anymore. The two of them walk down the stairs into a basement, storing a bunch of foodstuffs. I'm not going to be able to stop you. There's no stopping you. Hidden behind a wall of food is a small makeshift room, with a training dummy and some sails and rope. Wow. And... This room's for you, but promise me. What? Promise me that you won't act like this outside this room. But But promise me that's the deal, or I'm taking it all away. Fine. Deal. Anne's mom leaves the room, and she begins to hit a target dummy over and over, screaming. What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? As she hits the dummy, we see her life as we hear the song pick up, causing mischief, hanging out with the Briar Brothers, acting dignified in public, but mischievous at night, a double life of chaos and order, until we hear a young man speak. My brother and I are leaving. Why? Where are you guys going? Our dad's making us join the Navy. That's great. I'm happy for you guys. Charles isn't exactly the sailing type. You can whip him into shape. Maybe. Well, you know where I need to be. I know. I'll miss you. I've never had a friend like you. I know. I'm pretty great. Goodbye, Red. Bye, Ricky. The music cuts out, and Anne is sitting in the restaurant, staring into space. Hey, (coughs) wench, more shrimp. The man throws food at her as she walks into the back. Dad, we need more shrimp. Dad? A man in a ruffled chef's hat sits drooling on the counter, holding a bottle in his hand. Anne takes some shrimp off the stove, spits on it, and brings it out, placing it on the table and smiling at the man. The man gives off a dirty grin, missing several teeth dressed in a Royal Navy uniform. Thank you, sweetheart. More rum. Right away. She walks into the back, 
looking at the clock on the wall. Her mom walks in. Thank God you're here. He's back again. Oh, that man is disgusting. Can you take care of it? He wants more rum. Her mother looks at her father. Jim. She kicks him. Jim. Jim Mason. Uh, what? Where's the rum? It's in my hand. No, for the guards. Oh, uh, back there? Anne looks at Jim. Can I leave now, Dad? Sure. Whatever, kid. Have fun. Anne throws off her apron and runs out the back. Her mom turns. Wear a dress coat. It's freezing out there. As Anne walks through the foggy streets, she quickly changes out of her uniform into her real clothes below. Full pirate garb, complete with a large red scarf she drapes over her head. She runs up to the docks, looking at her old cracked pocket watch. She looks out at the sailors who have already docked, and sees Rick and Charles standing, much older now, dressed in navy uniforms. Rick is a strong man with a small beard, and Charles is a skinny runt with a scar on his left cheek. Red runs up, hugging Rick. Rick, I missed you so much. Me too, Red. How's your dad? The same. Drunk. Yep. She looks over to Charles. Little Chucky! She punches his arm. Ow! Still as soft as ever, loser. She pulls him into a headlock. <sighs> hate my life. Still dramatic as ever. The three friends are sitting in a bar together. So, what was the sea like? Fight any krakens? Mermaids? Ghost pirates? No. We waited. A lot. The ocean is big, and sailing is boring. Let's celebrate. To never being in the ocean again. Our tour's done, and maybe Dad will let us stay here. That's great. Maybe you can deal with all those other idiots who guard this place. Maybe. How's your life, Red? The same level of terrible. I basically run the restaurant. Same boring life. At least you're still breathing, Chucky. Yeah, sure I am. Same old Chucky. Sad as always. Still wearing eyeliner? No, he stopped. Dress code on the ship. Can I get a bottle, please? Yep. Nothing ever happens here. Same old boring life. Across town... A large man in fancy clothes, with a massive wig, walks into the Mason's restaurant, scratching his head, throwing his wig into the carriage, revealing dirty, dark brown hair, and walking over to Jim, his walking stick hitting the wood floor, his fully shined shoe hitting the ground. Jim lays drunk in the corner. Red's mother blocks the man. He's not home. He pushes past her and walks into the back. Jimmy! Jimmy! Drunk again. He hits him with a wooden walking stick. Wake up, Jimmy! Oh, shit. Governor. Where's the money, Jim? I paid you yesterday. Tax has gone up. You know that. Where's the money? We, we don't... We don't have any. I, I spent it all. The governor uses his walking stick to pick up a jug from the floor with X's printed on the side. On this, I assume? Jim nods yes. The governor throws the bottle at Jim, shattering it. You have two days, Jim, or my men will have a problem. A big problem. The gross man from before pulls Anne's mother into the room. A very big problem. Jim stands up from the counter. 
Yes, Governor Breyer. Yes, sir. Kiss my boot, Jim. What? You have disrespected me. The governor nods, and the gross man pulls a sword to Anne's mother's throat. Kiss my boot, Jim. Jim falls to the ground. Is this really necessary, Byron? Absolutely necessary, Jim. Jim kneels over and kisses his boot. Good. He kicks him in the face. You're lucky I don't burn the place down to the ground. This place is a money pit. The governor walks away, and that's where we'll end it for this week. I'm definitely going to come back to this one. The catalyst has begun. What will our inciting incident be? Will Red become a pirate? Will Rick confront his dad? Will Charles accept himself? Find out next time on Table Read. Well, there it was. I can't believe you listened to this. I like the way this turned out. My throat has been horrible for the last three days. I haven't been able to record anything. So everything is on the line and I have to work twice as hard to get everything done. But I think this was a fun one to write. It's interesting. I know that Table Read and Talking at No One and even Seven Questions are not the most entertaining of podcasts. But I do this so I can get better. And uh, I hope you had a good time. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.